Hey everybody, uh, welcome to the Chinchilla Pick-In Podcast. This is David Underwood, and I'm here with our guest host, Nick Young. It is July the 15th, Thursday. Nick, thanks for filling in for Brandon. How are you doing, man? I'm happy to be here, and I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's a good day. Is it a good day? It's, it's, it's good another day. It's hot, day. man. It is hot out. It's another day in paradise. Yes. yes. Well, it's only 90. Come on. It's okay. <laughs> Well, I thank you for coming on. Brandon's out of town. He's on vacation. We get vacations from time to time, believe it or not. I didn't know that. There, <laughs> right? There's vacation time that comes with this. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? Um, and I appreciate you coming in and filling in, man. Uh, so what we do here, uh, guys, uh, it's the same thing as always. We always hope to be entertaining, educational, and uplifting because we want everyone to make money. The rules are the same. Just because Brandon's not here doesn't mean we change the rules. The rules, rules, rules. Rules are that we get together about 10 minutes before the show and we tell each other what we're going to talk about or what we would like to talk about. We do not discuss it. We save that for that live interaction throughout the show. That way you get an honest feeling that we're having a discussion here and actually trying to help you guys find the answer better. All right? That's our goal. Help you guys make money. Help you guys make wise investments. So... Nick and I, uh, let me induce Nick Young here. He's a gentleman I've known for, what do you say, what, two and a half years? Two and a half years. Yeah, two and a half years now. Um, he's, a, he's a smart guy. Smart guy. Some people call him an old soul. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I think the one I heard last was that I was uh, 29 going on 90. 29, yep. 20, that's about right, actually, yeah. Um, so let, let's, let's, let me ask you a couple of questions real quick so you kind of introduce yourself, Absolutely. if you will, to our crowd here. Um, kind of tell me about where you went to school, where you grew up, and get a good feeling uh, of, about you and your background here. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Ohio born and bred. Uh, Got to love the uh, Ohio heritage there. <laughs> uh, went to Miami University, actually, for uh, college. Really good experience, a lot of unique opportunities. Uh, originally, I actually wanted to uh, study economics. I got pushed out of it um, to study management, but still pick up economics as a hobby. Uh, and then from there, I actually decided to take that into investing and whatnot and uh, found my way down that very unique path, as we both know. Yeah, it is a unique path. And that was actually my next question. You led right into it, man. What actually got you started in stocks? Now, was it like the whole Robinhood app thing or were you looking at it before then? Like what, what really got you going? Well, I really started in high school. I, uh, all those kind of play websites where you can kind of go on and play stocks. And I found out that I was doing okay. I actually either seemed to know what I was doing or I was the luckiest person on the planet. And, uh, um, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. No, I was happy about that. So I thought I'd take it out and, and, and give it a try. And I talked to some different individuals I knew with investing and uh, from there, just took a stab at it and it worked. I mean, you you know, one of the first stocks that I went for, uh, I think you, either we, we talked about it at one point, or I remember hearing it on a, on a past podcast, I can't remember, but uh, was Roku, was, was my first big stock and uh, very happy about that. Are you reading my question sheet right now? Is that what's going on? I'm not actually. Because uh, that was my third question here for you was your Roku trade. So this guy, guys, this guy, everybody, I just want to point this out. He called Roku when it was below 30 bucks and it was like this is going to go up guys this is totally going to jump and we're all looking at him like who's this guy what is he saying roku for you know but nick was 100 percent right on roku well actually so with roku it was funny so my uh my dad was big into buying roku products 
And I was like, okay, kind of interesting. And I saw them develop. And I remember in the beginning when they were kind of clunky and just when you first have something, it's always clunky and doesn't always run right. And then yep. uh, the newer model comes out, the newer model comes out. And by the time they had gone, they were going public, I was like, okay, they actually have a pretty good running thing. And people were like, well, yeah, smart TVs though. And I'm like, yeah, but smart TVs, they're just, I don't know, they're kind of, they're still kind of clunky in my mind in regard to operation and whatnot. So, and there's, there's also some features that come with Roku or that uh, are kind of unique. So you have some free options on there as well. So I, I, I remember it coming out and it came out at $19 and I bought it uh, the first day it came out and then it dropped to 11 and I was like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> uh, and then I bought actually more at 11 and then it turned around and, and shot up and I was extremely excited about that. Uh, Wish I'd held on to it. Unfortunately, I sold it to buy a truck, which was uh, <laughs> the most expensive truck I uh, will ever pay for, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, it was a really good choice and I uh, was really happy with it. And I thought it was going to do well. I didn't think it was going to do as well as it did. And that that was a shock. But uh, very happy with what it, what it did for me during the time and wish I could have gotten more out of it uh, yeah. than I did. You and I both. You and I both. <laughs> I did buy a Roku TV so that... Uh, my my big huge TV there is a is a Roku one. It's my subtle influences, right? Yes, yes. Get getting your part in, inside my house here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So uh, let's get started, Nick. Uh, what what topics did you want to roll through first? Since you're the guest, go ahead. Well, I appreciate that. So the first thing I think I want to go into uh, is inflation. Uh, I know you you and Brandon have both talked about this in the past. And I still think it's a big topic today. And I think there's a couple of perspectives on inflation to really keep a mind on. Um, first bit, obviously, being where inflation has gone over this past year and how it's going to affect us uh, as, a, as a society. Um, you know, obviously, with inflation, the big factor is costs and things are going up, which gives people a little less spending money. So how is that going to affect Q2 sales for a lot of businesses? How is it going to affect Q3 sales? And, you know... Having come out of COVID, a bunch of people kind of spent money because we're out, we're free. Well, now with inflation going up on the back end of that, how does that tie together? So, I, you know, I think it's going to be an introspective. I'm honestly a little concerned. Um, you know, stocks like Best Buy, your, your consumer products, things that aren't your necessities, could take a hit here um, through Q2 into Q3, probably will bounce back in Q4. Um, you know, Christmas season, because people, what I found as a trend is that people will still buy things, even if they don't have money, they'll find a way to do it for Christmas. But um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of my thoughts on that. I'm a little concerned. What, what are your, what are your thoughts here on inflation and, and really how it's going to affect the market? Nice. I like how you just turned it around right there. Um, so yes, inflation. I have, uh, I've always been cautious and I've always said that I believe we might, I've always said might, be heading into that 70s hyperinflation. Mm -hmm. This has been a concern of mine. And I just I couldn't make a call whether we are or we are back at a couple months ago when we were really talking about it. Right. Today I still can't make a call. Things that worry me was uh, what Yellen said today, and I'm gonna quote her because I wrote down the exact quote here. Quote, I think we will have several more months of rapid inflation. End quote. So she's she's even admitting that we're gonna have several more months. Of inflation, but she's calling it midterm, just transitory. She's trying to lighten the, the fact that we're going to have several more months of inflation. Well, and the point I actually want to jump in there real quick is you said transitory. And I've always been interested in that term of transitory inflation 
which is just a new term in economics. It is. It is. Um, so do you think with transitory inflation, do you think inflation is transitory as we're looking at it? And do you think that transitory is, uh, well, actually, do you want to de- kind of define transitory? Well, so everybody? hold on. I, I believe transitory what they what they're trying to make it seem like is just temporary is what mm-hmm. they want to use they want to they want to use this just saying it's temporary that's all they want to say now it can the inflation right now we're seeing can be temporary if we stop some of the um inflationary government spending and uh processes that we're doing right now that are causing the dollar right. to lose value you know we have to we have to take steps to to slow it down is what i believe and i don't believe right now we are i believe that the u.s government is just 100 believing that the economy is going to lift back up on its own gdp will rise and then we don't have to worry about this inflation hey if that happens i'll be extremely happy um i i think from that where my concern kind of comes in to when you're looking at it is I feel like we also have some bubbles built in along with the inflation. Uh, you know, you look at what's been going on with the housing market, which is heavily inflated uh, as somebody who just bought a house. Uh, you're looking and talking to people in different markets. I've got, I know somebody just bought a house in Florida, another individual in Maryland houses are being bought and, and are getting offers in that are 20,000, 30,000, 50,000 over asking price. Well, dude. All right. So, you know, I'm going to interrupt you here. 20% of all house home buyers today are institutions. They're not actual home buyers. They're mm-hmm. just institutions. You know, it, it's it's an investor's market right now. And, and that 20% could grow, could not grow, could stay right where it's at. And that just could be a, a thing going forward. Right. That one out of every five is institution. But then you also have the government still to this day buying mortgages every single month in the tens of billions of dollars. Well, and here's another concern on that. And so that means we're handing out loans to whoever. So the other concern that you have to have there, though, is that the CDC during the beginning of COVID had put in the mandate that you can't evict anyone during that time frame that's not paying their loan. The same thing they did with renters as well. Well, the problem with that is if people aren't being evicted and they're not paying... What happens with the housing market? Well, there was always houses available. So the housing market basically is tightening because people aren't being evicted, which, you know, to put the humanitarian I mean, it was a good, it, Yeah, it was a good thing to do. Nice it was needed to do. to do. But was it the right thing to do from an economic standpoint? Yeah, but sometimes, and I hear, you know, I'm, I'm going to argue this case a little here. You do have to put economics aside sometimes for the sake of, you know, the people. Agreed. Because as a government, your your job is to take care of the people to a point. You, you, I believe you want the private sector to take care of most things themselves, right? I, I, I believe that, yes. But I mean, you know, that's that was their job during COVID. So it, it's there's a there's a, a fine line to walk there. So I would challenge you on that, there's but this is the area. podcast to challenge you on on uh, <laughs> governmental responsibilities. But going from that perspective. You know, you're looking at the inflation rate. So bringing us back kind of yeah. to that with houses and like just today is a great example. Uh, I was actually going to get gas and I noticed that gas overnight went up pretty much 20 cents across the entire tri- tri-state area. Um, I actually got it. I got a small amount thinking, oh, you know, it's really high here. So I'm just going to go somewhere else. And then I got, you know, back towards home and I was like, no, it's it's just high everywhere. <laughs> uh, 
it begs the question in regard to inflation, first of all, are we getting accurate numbers on what the, on the Fed and the government's claiming inflation is, or is inflation higher than what we're being told? Uh, and the other aspect, too, is, is how they're gauging it. Are they gauging it accurately? Now, some people are saying inflation numbers are being skewed because oil is all on its own here doing its own thing. And that the rest of the economy is not jumping like oil is. But that's not entirely accurate. I mean, you look at it, you know, food's going up. Housing prices are going up. I mean, you're, you're seeing multiple different sectors. Now, maybe not as much as oil has because oil has gone up. I think uh, I believe what I was looking at is. I think it was 225 across the country as an average. Uh, I believe we're either uh, 47 or 50 percent up for inflation just on oil, uh, just from the just from the start of the year. So it, it's just interesting. I'm curious how that's going to affect some things. I'm a little tentative. Let, let's get into oil later in a little bit more detail on that because uh -huh. there's some more numbers I want to throw at you as well. But right now we're focused on inflation. Be gentle with that throw. <laughs> um, but. You're, you're right. I mean, I, I believe there's also more to the inflation numbers than just oil as well, mm -hmm. the, the housing numbers, and are the housing numbers being propped up by the government QE every single month in the tens of billions? There's, there's a lot to it. And it, will that affect stocks? How, how, how does an investor make money off this now? Well, you think about it, it, it will actually affect every stock in some capacity. And because the reason it will is the transportation industry delivering raw materials, all that kind of stuff. So it will have some impact. I think the question is going to be how much. Uh, and, you know, it kind of, and this is a little off topic, but with uh, the transportation industry tightening a little bit, because there aren't as many drivers, which kind of goes into some other, you know, government regulations, as you'd mentioned, um, where we're, we're paying people and people are staying home because, you know, if I can get X amount of dollars rather than drive a truck across the country and I can see my family, I'm going to do that. So I think that begs a couple of questions there. Um, now, well, where, where I think this ties in nicely was the, you know, one of the topics that you had mentioned um, that you wanted to bring up. Okay, go ahead. Is the semiconductors. All right. Uh, now, why do you think that's so correlated? Because you have inflation going up, but what's going on with semiconductors? The, the, so the semiconductors were dropped across the board today, guys. They, they did a big drop everywhere, right? There were some some there was a lot of put options put out on big players such as Micron, mm -hmm. AMD, um, Intel. A lot of put options. Everybody was just they're just heavy hearted. It looks like it looked like a few institutions were putting millions of dollars into saying that these are going to drop, mm -hmm. right? Right, right, right. Uh, now, what I've always said, when a whole sector drops like that all a lot in one day, not every single stock in that sector deserved to drop, mm -hmm. right? So, I, you know, I was looking at a call, you know, a stock to buy because of this big drop. Right. And that's what I was looking at. And that's what I was saying what a call for today would be NVIDIA. And I think actually it's a good call. NVIDIA is, a, you know, obviously a very well-known um, brand. Yeah, they're in. in they're in area. everything: game systems, computers, what have you. Anything to do with, with uh, visual graphics, and that's all today. And you, that, the reason I'd be tentative, I, I honestly think the drop, the, the put probably comes from the, uh, or the drop comes from the put, from uh, what's going on. I think the area to be tentative there, because there's such a demand for semiconductor or, um, yeah, semiconductor <laughs> chips. Where I'd be tentative is that. 
eventually there's going to be a turnaround there. I mean, what they're all in, the big thing that kind of correlates, and this is why I kind of brought it up in relation to inflation and gases and oil and whatnot, cars. Okay. <laughs> cars are in such a backlog. And other, other groups that are getting hurt by this, at least in the short term right now, are like rental car groups. It's actually impossible if you're trying to go for business to get a rental car because there's nothing available. What happened was is that a bunch of rental car groups sold their cars because of COVID. People weren't traveling as much. They got a bunch of extra inventory. They sold it. Well, now you have the semiconductor shortage. They had no cars to replace what they sold off. So now you have companies that basically are missing on pop, you know, opportunity because there are people coming in. I can tell you three different cities I went into and they're like, no, we don't have any cars for you. Things that one wasn't surprising to me, uh, two were. Uh, more major cities that were kind of a struggle. But where it becomes interesting is, to your point, semiconductors are in everything. Cell phones, video game systems, TVs. You name it. How is it going to affect all of those from a production standpoint? And how is that going to affect? And again, you, you have inflation, so prices and things are going up. So you have a natural inflation going on. And now you have a shortage of some of these products, which is also going to drive the price up. So you're kind of getting it you know, two punch, you're getting a left hook and a right hook right there. And it's just as a, as a consumer that hurts. Yeah. I mean, consumers are hurting all around because of the inflation, man. And, and businesses are saying that they're, they're trying to not pass as much on to consumer in order to meet the rising costs, mm -hmm. but they can only do that so long before they have to raise the costs on everything. And who's, who's now, the major producer right. in, uh, in semiconductors? Where do they mainly come out of? It comes out of China too. So yeah. I mean, based on you know, you guys were kind of talking about that. I know last week. So how that's going to tie in is going to be interesting. It's, it's yeah. it is interesting. But Nvidia, uh, AMD, and Intel all were offered uh, potential contracts by the Biden administration to build manufacturing plants here. My thing was like, why don't they just do it on their own? Why do we have to pay for it? And that's an interesting point. I hadn't heard that one. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I mean, I I I think the my initial they were in thought, talks and never went through Congress, but they were in talks for them. my thought for that is <clears throat> they're doing it to encourage them to do it. But that shouldn't be needed. If there's a shortage and there's a demand, they should probably want to do that anyways, naturally, um, because I can tell you right now, if that if that money is given, if, if the taxpayers are paying for it, they're probably never going to see it again. So and that, you know, we'll see how it goes. I'm 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 tentative. I'm very. So, the, mm. so you have no, yeah, you're thinking semiconductors as well as a play for if inflation happens. I think it's something that you buy now on the drop and it's something you're probably going to want to sit on for a little bit because okay. when they, when the turnaround comes, when the demand kind of, the demand, the demand's not going to go anywhere right now, but eventually the supply is going to come back and you're going to have a shooting up of sales in those. Now, where I think you're going to be really beneficial because if they're putting those factories in or they're, they're the manufacturing plants, it's going to take them, let's say, and I'm going to be probably very uh, liberal with my option here, but let's say it takes, because they're going to speed one up real quick, let's say four months because they want to churn out a bunch of chips so that Christmas season's right around the corner there. I think it's probably going to take a little bit longer than that, but I think there, if, if you buy them now, uh, you're definitely going to get in the long run, you're going to get some benefit. 
And plus, NVIDIA is going to split their stock soon. So that's what they said. They publicly said that. So Interesting. It's 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 a good buy, I think, all around, just because of all these things we're mentioning right now. Well, if you can buy on the split, that'll be huge. They're, buy before the split. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. So, I mean, you and I, I think, are in, in agreement that inflation, we, we don't see it stopping soon. But we're not. I'm, I am still not ready to pull the trigger and say hyperinflation, 1975. You know what I mean? I'm not going to say that now. I was actually saying that last year, but it was more in reaction to everything shutting down. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see. the The problem I have, and the reason that I don't think we have the thing, the reason things are being held off right now, is the government's pumping so much money into the economy. The problem is, a that's not sustainable. B, that's going to come to bite us in the long run because you're devaluing the dollar by doing it, which, what does that do? That's inflation. Uh, so I, I think we're starting to get uh, kind of bit there by actions from the government because of yeah. what was going on. I mean, COVID it's $1.45 trillion each year. I can't even spent, count that many. Spent buying nothing but two things, bonds and mortgage-backed securities. I mean, I don't you, know. To me, that that that's just you say that, and the big short pops in the back of my right? head. Right, exactly. Everybody so. said, and it should, and that should be a reminder for you guys. Like, they're just basically printing money to go ahead and buy these things, so it looks like they're thriving, but they're not. Anyway, let's move on. I think we covered it. Nvidia's a, a call we could agree on coming out of this for inflation. We could definitely go on that topic for like yeah. a couple more hours. But. We we could, but <laughs> you know, the show. Let's move on. Let's move on. Um, let let me bring up a topic that's related to to uh, to all these changes here. Um, there's two ways I could go with here. I'm going to go with the Delta variant way, right? Okay. First, okay, and then and then we'll end with the last one that. Uh, I wanted to talk about. So the Delta variant, let me, let me list off a couple stats real quick, let you think about what you want to say. Um, the Delta variant is new COVID variant uh, virus that's going throughout the world right now. It's taken over a lot of countries and it's starting to thrive and, and, and expand, right? Now the CDC has said that the mRNAs from Pfizer and Moderna are highly effective. That's the quote, highly effective in stopping and or limiting the symptoms of the Delta variant, right? AstraZeneca and and other Asian vaccines are not so effective. So does Europe and Asia look like they're going to suffer because of that? Some of the things to think about, you know, before you, you answer um, that is LA County just went on record about an hour ago saying they are now going to require masks for everyone indoors. They're going back to a lockdown. They're reversing this. You know, with this Delta variant, are we heading back to a lockdown across the country? The Yankees game was postponed tonight because three pitchers tested positive for COVID, even though they have all been vaccinated. What's going to happen? Is this something where we now need to start pulling money out of the market and get ready to buy on the on when it drops like a rock again? So two points to that. Well, maybe more than two, but uh, two that immediately <coughs> jumped to mind. First of all is thanks, thanks California, uh, for taking <laughs> us back down this path potentially. Uh, I think to the first point, I think there's, I think there will be some snap reactions. I think it's based on what we saw last year and everybody, everything being closed down and especially some states not really opening up until just recently. Now, 
I'm a little tentative on that because I, I, I see it happening because of what happened before and a lot of claims. I think there's been a lot of statements made via media. I think there's been a lot of uh, false information that's probably been put out that garnered a lot of people to kind of stay indoors. So I, I, I see it happening now as regard to a government forcing of it. I know here in Ohio, it was basically shut down for two weeks and then it kind of went to some semblance of some weird normalcy. Uh, we never really were, we never really felt fully shut down, if you will. I think we did for about a month there. There was no one on the interstates. Well, I was always on it, but yeah, you and I both. I mean, <laughs> but that, that was it. Keeping the industries alive. Everybody was going 100 on the interstates because there's two other cars with us. I, I think, I honestly, with you, I'm, I'm actually, I don't want to say terrified, but I am kind of scared that that's going to happen again. Because how many businesses did we lose from that? Can we survive that happening a second time? Especially a lot of mom and pop shops. Now, granted, that's obviously not going to affect from a um, stock perspective because you're not going to buy a stock in mom and pop. But at the same time, it is because... Without mom and pop shops, that pushes more people to go to places like Target, to go to places like Walmart. Um, and it it concerns me, honestly, from an economic perspective. Um, but I definitely could see it happening. I definitely see it. If I had to put a percentage to it, I you know because of the concern over the Delta variant and whatnot, I could see us easily saying 60-40, 60 being we close again, uh, especially states like you know Massachusetts, California. Uh, Florida will never close again. Um New York, New York, definitely. Um, I think you have, and those are some huge economic hubs. So I, I do think it could definitely happen again. And I think it's, it, it'll, if it does happen, it'll have some serious negative uh, impact. And so the fact that the, the U S vaccines, Pfizer and Moderna are highly effective against the Delta variant. It's a good thing, right? Because mm -hmm. 50% of uh, adult Americans are vaccinated. So, I mean, you have that going for you, but the fact that Europe's main vaccines and Asia's main vaccines are not highly effective. Does that mean that that's going to spread throughout them and they're going to shut down? And if it goes throughout Asia and China again, the manufacturing shuts down, but yet we're still running. So now we're not getting any goods. Is that, is that thought that goes to your head? European shut back down again. I mean, where, where do you go with, with that? I mean, how much business do we do with Europe? So another point on that is I think I heard something from Pfizer today. I think I read it somewhere. I'd have to, I'd have to look it back <coughs> up, but I believe it was on Pfizer that there was um, a regression on immunization. Really? Yeah. So I I, and I, I can't remember if it was Pfizer. It might have been Moderna. It was one of those. I know it wasn't Johnson & Johnson. But there was concern on that in regard to your point with the Delta variant coming out too. Yep. You know, you might need another booster shot to keep it going. Um, obviously, Which there's they only... they told us that we wouldn't when we got it. Well, you have so many vaccines out there. Well, the U.S. just gave a bunch to other countries, right? which limits your supply. So now you run, do you have enough for booster shots for either Moderna or, or Pfizer if you need it? So I, I, I remember reading it somewhere. I, I have to look it back up. Um, and I can definitely, when I, if I find it again, you can kind of bring it up and, and I don't think we know. see a shortage of those anymore. We, we've learned our lesson from COVID of how to turn U.S. factories into um, producing medicines and masks and well, so and on and so forth. The and, question still comes. And now though, we know how, and now we know we've done it. Now it could be an easier turnaround if we need to. It was done though, but the other thing you got to remember is that the FDA has still not approved Moderna, Pfizer, or Johnson and Johnson. 
Yep. They have emergency approval, but not actually FDA approval. So it still begs the question. I mean, there, there, there's still things out there, but, and I don't mean, I don't mean to say that to scare anybody. It's just, that, just a fact. Um, now that being said, in regard to Europe and Asia and the Delta variant uh, and their vaccines not being highly effective, according to the CDC, basically up to snuff. Um, I think it does bring a concern. Uh, I mean, we saw what it did. Great example is Italy. It tore through Italy. Yep. Um, the other thing is, is with this being a Delta variant, we're, I feel like we're still not sure how bad the Delta variant could be. Same way with regular COVID. We don't know who was affected, who was fa- affected worse than others. There is no, it, it's, there's something there. We just don't know what it is. So yep. how it's going to affect them. And in regard to Asia, again, we, you know, to your point, a lot of manufacturing's over there. Medical, uh, PPE. You've got just general goods, TVs, tennis shoes. Yep. Most, most goods. I'd go so far as to say 75% or more of goods are made over there. So you're already running into a shortage of stuff getting across the ocean. Granted, there are still a lot of, uh, containers sitting over there ready to come over the question is kind of how much of it is everything so if if production halts okay that's okay we have some containers if there is covid delta that kind of shuts down asia though can those containers even get out so i I think there's there's and there's a genuine concern there i think i think generally i'd have uh especially with a global lockdown um I think there's a lot of a lot of concern uh, over kind of where things go. I think if we if if we consider it from an economic standpoint and how it can affect businesses, and especially going in again, you have you have decreased pockets potentially from inflation or, or decreased pie, if you will. Uh, now you have not as much stuff going in. Question becomes, how does that affect businesses? I think there's there's some danger there. Uh, I think if I was going to say a business that uh, I'd definitely be confident in to buy now and hold for a while, I, I'd take us back to the semiconductors. All right. Yeah, I mean, like you said, they're in everything we use nowadays, and it's just going to grow. And the demand's there. Right. We're just waiting for the supply. At some point, if you build it, they will come. There you go. There you go. Um, so the next part, and this has to be back to do with the inflation and everything that's happening here is, is the oil. So let's talk a little bit more in depth about just oil. Mm, I like oil. Right? You know me. Um, so right now what we're seeing is the biggest separation of the movement of price of oil versus the movement of the price of oil stocks in over 10 years. So what I mean by that uh, for everybody is the price of oil is going up. But the price of oil stocks is not going up the same amount or even close to the same amount. They're separated by a lot. What is driving oil to move up so much, but oil stocks are not seeing any movement? And I've asked this question three weeks in a row and given different data on it, and I still can't figure it out. Uh, I th- well, first of all, I think it is a conundrum in its own. But if I had to take a stab at it, I think your first part is there's – there's a couple pieces. First being, I want to say there was, I 
I want to say there was some sort of regulation that came out at the beginning of the year. Not to see now I've looked into this. So not that I'm aware of, right? The rig count right before the pandemic hit, right? The rig open rig count in the United States right. was over 700, right? During the pandemic, it dropped down to 300 open rigs that were pumping oil. You know, you would think they would tap, uh, close the cap on a few of them, let them sit until they could pump out some more because right. there was no demand. I get that. I you understand can, that. Can only infinite so many people on a rig within six feet. Right. So come back to here was the here was the interesting I brought up was that the May numbers were back over 700, but before it started making news, the June numbers dropped down to to 500. Why did they drop 200 rigs out of the system in one month? At the same time that you know the oil stock started to flatten out and not move, but oil price kept going higher. What was going on? Is there a correlation with the rig count movement and the fact that the separation really took off around that time as well? Well, I'd say two points actually that pop into mind. So during COVID, there wasn't, and you and I both know this, especially with a lot of people working from home, there wasn't a lot of people buying gas. Yeah. Um, so your your user base is smaller than normal. But trucks are still shipping, and that's a big user base of gas. Yeah, but that's not – it's a different fuel base. Um, but at the same time as well, because typically most of them are, are diesel. But at the same time, you also have – and the other point on diesel is usually diesel is the byproduct of the creation of gasoline, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So the, the correlation isn't entirely direct there. Where I think that um, looking at – gas do you know when they dropped those 200 exactly? it was may to june of of last year no this year this year last year they went from over 700 down to 300 i'd be curious to look at and i'm trying to remember where i was looking at it before uh the number of oil barrels that we have uh and opec less. cannot get an agreement to pump out more well my, my thought is is that there's a massive supply which usually would be a negative thing. But I think on the flip side is now that the demand shot up, that's driving up the price and they shut down the, the 200. So the correlation there could be, it would take a while to turn them back on. So the price is sitting high and, and chance there. Now where I'm a little hesitant is that to your point, if the price is going up, the stock should go up. I think people are hesitant on, on gas stocks, especially with COVID, especially with the Delta variant. Um, we don't really know where oil is going. The other piece that you have with it is that in regard to, to America, the current administration is very much against oil. So with that aspect, I think people are hesitant because they don't know what this administration has been very what do I want to say out of left field kind of where they're doing things that maybe haven't been done in the past. Yeah. But they, they're not going to change our transportation system in four years. I agree with you. So, I mean, it, it should not affect oil stocks that much right now, but people may be hesitant, especially if they're going to put their money in what they think could be more profitable, which could be green energy with what's being invested into it from uh, subsidies and whatnot. Now, you're talking like blink charging, cooler technologies, mm -hmm. things like that. And one thing actually that that uh, I'd be interested to see is, uh, I believe it's, it's hydrogen cars. Uh, they're actually more efficient and 
safer than electric cars, so, but they also explode if they blow up or if they get let, into a car let me, accident. Let me, let me show my age here. <laughs> Again, I did this with Brandon as well. BMW had a hydrogen car uh -huh. in early 2001, 2002. I remember it. Yeah, they were, the, they, were the, they were the innovators of the hydrogen car. It was very expensive. The problem was it was very expensive, and you could only refill it in cities like L.A., Chicago, and, and I don't even think New York really had too many hydrogen centers. But, but think about what that was with the uh, electric vehicle not too long ago. There, it was hard to find a place to charge outside of very select places. So, I mean – had that been developed, I think over time it would have been better, and it's also better for the environment, I think, than electric vehicles. Uh, so, so hey, I, I want to oh, start wrapping this up. Yeah, here. we're going, we're going, going we're, we're going way off base here. I want to start wrapping this up here. So, you, I mean, you, you you don't really have an answer either. I don't really have an answer. I'm not calling a buy or a sell on it because I don't understand the price differential. I can't call a buy or a sell. All I know is if they are going to start opening up rigs and pumping out more rigs. Then you're looking at Transocean as a, as a good buy. Schlumberger is a good buy, and Apache is a good buy. But that's only if that's only if that's a big if they're going to start opening up more rigs. I th I think what they're going to do, and I, I think it's tentative on opening more rigs. I think they hold off they're letting the demand die off from COVID and, and less buyers. So eventually, I think what they're going to let that do is, is let that die down. Now, when they start the rigs back up, as our demand goes down. Price will go up, and they'll actually get greater profits off of that. So that potentially could help some stock price there. Um, but again, to your point, I'm very tentative on it. I think gas stocks, especially since COVID, are just very, very questionable right now. There's there's too many unanswered things out there about them, and I just you know I keep asking Brandon. I've asked you. I'm going to keep asking questions, guys, because I want to get to the bottom of this. I want to find out why these things are happening with oil companies. You just want to buy that Exxon stock the way you did I, the one time, and know, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was that was one of the best calls I've uh, I've had. I ever. remember you asking me about that. I remember I remember you were like, "I'm not sure about it," and I was like, "Yeah, go for it." I remember you thinking about it later too. So I, yeah. you, you gave me credit when the whole thing happened. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a great call on on that. That was a few times I, I did an option play, but it, you know over. If you held the whole time from when I said the buy and you held until the max profit, which I didn't, you know, of course, I sold after a good but, amount. But that, honestly, that's I a sold, smart move. Yeah. Never hold, never, never expect to sell at the peak because you never will. Right. But if you did sell at the max profit of that option, you would have made close to 20 times your money. You know, that would have been great. That's your 5% four times over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 20 times, not percent, 20 times. Anyways. Um, one last thing. We're running short on time here. I want to. I really want to ask you a quick question. So this will be like a little two-minute lightning round, if you will. Okay. Type thing here. So just give me a short answers. Um, Are you going to make this a new thing? Because I, no, I kind of like. This. I have no idea. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, AMC's fallen. GameStop's fallen. Right. The famous quote uh, over time has always been that bubbles need new money. You know, are these two stocks running out of money? Is the meme stock craze over? And on top of that, is GameStop had the final nail in the coffin due to Netflix announcing they're going into gaming? So two parts to that. I'll try to keep it brief. Uh, with the meme stocks, I think the first part is that the people that kind of drove that, the problem is they drove it at the top. No one else was buying it. They didn't sell necessarily. Some people did. Some people got out well with that. But uh, they didn't sell. Those people lost money on it when it dropped. Problem is when you do that, you don't have money to reinvest into it. So I think to your point, new money is dropping from that perspective. I 
think you're going to go back to normal on, on those two stocks. Uh, in regard to Netflix, so the Netflix one you, you had mentioned, and that kind of surprised me. Yep. Because um, you already got Xbox Game Pass. You already have PlayStation with their own pass. You know? I, I see it being very hard for Netflix to go into that. They have to be very unique in what they do. I'd have to see more about their plan of what they want to do. I, If I had to go on it, I'm going to say I, I would not invest in Netflix on that one, only because I, I don't know enough about what they want to do. I'm very tentative. You've got a very hard market to go in there, a very niche market. You really had three game systems, unless they can come out with something that... Uh, are they going to buy up the used games? Ooh, How are they going to go in here? Like, are, are they going to put it into GameStop? It, you know what would be cool is if they actually took... Like the N64 games, they're going to find a way to get that kind of stuff. Kind of like those, uh, um, oh, what are they called? Uh, yeah, I can't remember what it's called, but it's it's something pie. The uh, the systems that basically you can go play retro games. Okay, you can play yeah. all PS1, all that, and it's all on there. And if they could do something like that where you can basically take it where it's all there, you know, you pay a subscription, you get access to all of these, you pay, you know, $5 a month, whatever it is. Maybe, because you know how much. I mean, the the gamer crowd is a very unique group. They they love their old stuff. Uh, I think the problem is, is it won't last very long because some people are going to find out how bad those graphics are, and not necessarily want to play them. And they'll love the games, but the the graphics are hard sometimes. And so I, I, I I'm I'm very tentative on saying anything on Netflix on that one to go forward. I, I'd say hold off, watch, let's see how it goes. I know, but that I mean, is this the, yeah? But is this the in the GameStop? Yes, no, or I don't know. Uh, in regard to GameStop, uh, I would say the uh, the fat lady's probably singing on that one. I'd, right. I'd say uh, you know you're 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 hearing the last taps of the nails from the hammer going into the coffin. Uh, I, I think GameStop, yeah, I'd I'd say they're probably not going to be around. They're they're the next blockbuster, basically, to the point that you. Yeah. Would. All right. All right, man. Uh, Nick Nick Young, thank you for being on the show today. As always, at the end of the show, we always ask a final thought. Um, my final uh, – actually, I'll let you go first. You're the guest. Go first. What's your final thought you want to leave? What's the message you want to share? Well, first, I want to say thank you for having me. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. I really enjoy it, and I'm definitely going to find more times to try to come back and maybe send Brandon on a vacation. <laughs> or, or I can be with Brandon and send you on vacation. No, there no, you no. go. Uh, utilize that vacation time. But I think my final thought is uh, keep a wary eye on inflation. Um I think that's a big factor of what's going to be affecting us here in the future. And uh, on top of that, really keep an eye on your floors. Utilize your floors to the best of your ability. Uh, even the most experienced trader can make mistakes with floors. So just be very mindful of how you use them. And with that, I'll throw it back to you. There you go. Um, guys, Delta variant. I'm going to be watching the news, the headlines on this. I want to know where it's going, what's going to happen with this in the other countries. I know the CDC says U.S. is okay, but with L.A. County already doing their things, I'm sure other counties are going to follow suit. So that's something I'm going to watch. I don't know what I'm going to do with it yet. Oil, I'm still a question mark four weeks into me asking these questions about oil. Still got question marks. Try to get you that, that answer. I'll, there, I'll look. Please, please do. Um, NVIDIA is my one call from the from this show today, guys. NVIDIA, I'm still holding DD. I think DD is going to continue to go higher. I still think that's a great play in DD because – they got no overhead, guys. Remember, they're electronic vehicles. They're autonomous. There's no drivers. They're taxis. They're in major cities in China. I don't see a downside to DD Global at all. 
Uh, that one's def. I'm still holding that. I'm going to hold that for for a long time. The video that was a buy right now. I see it jumping up. Take your five percent after it jumps and get and move out from the video. All right, guys. Um, I hope we've been entertaining, educational, uplifting because we want everyone to make money. You have a good night, and I'll see you next week.